Good evening, everybody. Actually, good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, November 19th, 2013, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes of Jick and Mr. Skullhead, starring Jick and Mr. Skullhead, introducing Jick and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jick is coming to you from an undisclosed location. Introducing, indeed. I'm being introduced to a day. Uh, It's two hours earlier for me than it is for you, so I just got the fuck up. Yeah, it's like 9.30 over there. Yeah, it's not, uh, which is which is rough. I uh, my um my sleep schedule has become entirely dependent on the weather here, and so on the days like today when it's cloudy, I will sleep some t- somewhere into the eights. On the days when the sun just comes right up and it's clear, I'll get up in the sixes somewhere. There is something like, about that. Like at Columbus this year, the first night I went to bed, you know, like at, at one or so, but accidentally closed those blackout curtains all the way. And so I didn't get up the next morning until like 10. Which By is which you mean you drank tequila until the blackout mm. curtains closed on your mind. Yes, the metaphorical blackout curtains. But then like the next morning I had stayed up even later, but I left the windows open a crack, the curtains open a crack, and something about like waking up in a completely dark room is just harder to do. So uh, <clears throat> without an alarm, and I'm not going to set an alarm at a KOL con. Yeah, I mean, like, a coffin is, like, a really dark room, and basically nobody ever wakes up in one of those. Yeah, except for vampires. Mm, okay. They do it every day. But, but you know... But they're dirt, so it's a little different, right? They're on the night shift. I never and really understood. Real. So, in the original in the original fiction, was, was Dracula uh, completely... It seemed weird that he slept in a coffin filled with dirt. And right. was it And was it a coffin, or was it just a crate? I would be surprised if it were a coffin. Although maybe. I mean, it's hard to tell what's taken from the book or not. I mean, in the book, he can go out during the day. He just doesn't have his vampire powers. Which everyone thought was like a dodge in Bram Stoker's Dracula, the movie. But that, that isn't actually true. Hmm. But it, yeah, it is weird. Like and It should be like a crate. A like put a crate filled with dirt and then put your coffin in it, right? You don't just fill your coffin up with dirt. That's where you sleep. Yeah, but I mean, you, you, the whole thing is you have to sleep in the dirt, right? Like, yeah. So why bother with the coffin at all? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe just because, if, like, if it could be an affectation. You yeah. Know, vampires, are, it's important that they be seen as fancy mans. I wonder if the uh, dirt from their home country, if there is some kind of, like, hierarchy among vampires like oh you know he sleeps in like some fucking gravel from his home company or his home country but i've got like some good smooth river silt from my home country hand ground loam used in peasant mud rituals yeah there's got to be some kind of like thread count thing among vampires i feel not that that has anything to do with anything sure (laughs) it is hard to wake up when it's dark that's one thing we've learned. Exactly. And yeah, I can go out during the day, just, but I'm a low-powered vampire. Do you think vampires are just pissed off all the time because they always have to get up at night? And they're all like, fuck, I overslept again. Oh, wait, I'm a vampire. But it's too late because their brain has already told them that they're worthless. Like, damn it, I have to go work the night shift. I have to go work Stephen King's The Night Shift. Mm-hmm. That, that's about the industrial machine that chews people up, right? Probably. There's uh, the potent metaphor of the mangler as the uh, like piece of laundry equipment that kills people. Is that a potent metaphor? I thought it was potent. You think it's about you think it's about like industrialization and turning turning men into machines? 
Yeah, I think it's just about the uh, like the dangers of forced labor. It's also about like who uses a mangler still, even in the seventies. If you're gonna call something the mangler, you shouldn't expect all of your employees to be super jazzed about using it. Yeah, I would think a mangler would be like a super manly fisherman who would go by the mangler because the angler isn't masculine enough for him. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of super manly, I did a I did a I did a historically manly thing, which is probably now if feet. Uh, now that I'm saying it out loud, but I went to, I went to a barber shop nearby and I got I got myself a shave and a haircut. How much did that cost you? Six hundred bits. Oh, that's a lot of bits. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't look anywhere to see. You know, it was just like this place was recommended to me by you know people who weren't wealthy. Was right. Like, uh, okay, so I'll go there. I didn't bother looking at the prices. Got my shave, my haircut, and they were like, "That'll be seventy-five bucks." I was like, "Whew, that was some sticker shock." Was it a straight razor shave? It was. I mean, I would feel was, really ripped off if they just used like a Bic disposable or something. You know, it was it was the whole ordeal. It took like an hour. The whole thing took like an hour. And I, and thinking about it, it's like, well, you know, if a plumber did something that took an hour and said that'll be seventy five bucks, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, and the plumber isn't that. even applying a piece of really sharp metal to your neck and not cutting you. Yeah, that was nerve wracking. I don't know that I would. You know, it was nice. They did the whole. There were a lot of a lot of steps to it. It was sort of like it was like the man version of a manicure, or as I call it, a manicure. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of eucalyptus oils. Uh, mm-hmm. There were several hot towels and then several cold towels. Uh, a lot of face squeezins by the big man with the tattoos. Uh-huh. Guy was committed. He had a, a the one tattoo that I could see as his hands were waving around in front of my face. F- razor flicking uh, was a. It was like a skull and crossbones, except it was all barber shop equipment. It was like the skull was a barber pole, and the crossbones were crossed scissors and combs. Yeah, huh. I, I was like, all right, well, this guy, this guy knows what he does for a living, and got tattoos about it. But it was good. I hadn't, I hadn't, I don't think that I had gotten a professional haircut in many years. Are you satisfied with the results? Mm-hmm. I am. <clears throat> it is not. It is not. It's certainly not like thirty dollars better than the haircuts that I just got from my girlfriend for free in uh-huh. the last few months, uh, but you know she wasn't around, so I had to I had to seek my haircut elsewhere. So anything that your girlfriend does for you, you're uh, paying money for in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly true. And I get a big tattooed dude to do it instead of her. <laughs> right. <clears throat> in every case. Yep. Did you get a happy uh, ending to your? Uh- <laughs> I guess the happy ending to the straight razor shave is that you still have all of your blood inside of you. Yeah, well, most of it. I did get to, I, what I what I got was convinced that I need to go to the doctor and get this stupid mole on my head removed because uh, I forgot that every time somebody else like runs a comb through my hair, they just rip open this mole and it bleeds everywhere. Huh. So that was gross. I had to go find somebody with my hand all bloody, and I was like, "Hey, do you have like a paper towel or something?" I got had a little bit of a barber problem here. I didn't realize this was a medieval barber. Oh. Got, uh, I got taint. Could apply some leeches to the. I got taint spirits coming out of me. Maybe. Uh, taint spirits is like the worst liquor adjunct. <laughs> it's like, look, I'm with you on the raspberry or the, uh. <laughs> man. 
You uh, just sorry, soak man, your sweaty mind. underwear in the vodka, and then you freeze the vodka so that the fat from your sweaty underwear congeals, and you you scoop that off. Yep. Uh, gross, man. Gross. <laughs> I gotta I gotta fix this uh, early morning throat I got. <sighs> hey, how's that? That's better. Sounds lovely. Man, I've I've been flimmy for weeks. I'm not accustomed to this light. But yeah, yeah. You'll feel the coffee kick in as the show progresses. I will increase in vim, vigor, and uh, verve. Cope. Yeah, sure, sure. Maybe verve, you should have well, had a pipe. Yeah, take a few hits off of your verve pipe before we begin. Hmm. What would that be like? I guess like a crystal meth pipe. <laughs> yeah. What do you smoke that gives you verve? Uh, there, banana peels. There, there isn't really like the, like, you know, you can, there are things you can drink that are going to affect you, but there aren't that many innocuous things that you can smoke that are going to affect you. Right? Yeah, there's like salmon, mm-hmm. uh, bacon. Pole. Yeah. Maybe that's the verve pipe. It's like, you know what? Every morning I suck a dick and then I am prepared for anything the day can throw at me. Although generally, I don't, I don't, uh, I consume my pole in liquid form out of a pole pot. <laughs> Is that like a neti pot? Only it, uh, when you take it, it kills like three hundred Cambodians. <laughs> yeah, it's just filled with skulls. It, it is a skull itself, and uh, the bones of dicks. It's a good way to avoid brain-eating amoeba. I guess if you if you kill if like somebody is a real asshole. And they die and leave some bones behind. Are those dick bones? Yeah, probably. What about a guy whose name is Dick Bones? Yeah, just Dick when Bones, attorney at law. Oh, this is Dick Bones skeleton. And everybody's like, what? I mean, luckily, normal people have almost no occasion to talk about a skeleton. Well, not luckily. Maybe luckily for them. Certainly not luckily for the American listening public. Yeah, the world needs more skeleton talk. Some frank skeleton talk from people who know skeletons. You're listening to Frank Skeleton Talk in the Morning. With my sidekick, Dick Bones. Awooga. <laughs> All right. This is it. This is it, Mr. Skullhead. This is our million dollar idea. The morning show starring Frank Skeleton Talk and Dick Bones. <laughs> oh, I see. His name isn't just Frank Skeleton and it's a talk show. His name no, is Frank his Skeleton name Talk. Is Frank Skeleton Talk. <laughs> I uh, guess he was a Native American who the first thing he saw after he was born was a talking skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the t- it was really truthful. Because, <laughs> I yeah. mean, really, what do you got to lie about when you're... You, like, you ha- you don't have a face, much less a poker face. I mean, just really, every skeleton talking is frank. Mm-hmm. Mm. And earnest. Ah, good. Good stuff. Uh, what have you been up to, Mr. Skullhead? That's an astoundingly excellent question. Uh, we went to Wits this past weekend. That was excellent. Oh, yes. That, that's a podcast thing, show... Yeah, the hipster home companion. Okay, it was great. There was a it was a Margaret Cho, Josh Ritter thing. So like Josh Ritter is a really cool singer songwriter dude, and Margaret Cho is hilarious. They've tweaked the format of the show a little bit because they used to. The past couple seasons, they've had these comedians on, and they've done little sketches with them. But there's never a part where the comedian can just do like five minutes of material, which seems like. You know, like, the songwriter is going to do three or four songs. They're not just going to do sketches and not sing. So it made a lot of sense. They gave Margaret Cho a, a little bit of a leash to just stand up and do some 
stand-up, and that was pretty excellent. Although she got a little too racy for the rebroadcast on NPR. I have a feeling that whole segment's not going to make it. Oh, yeah? What did she What did she get into? Sex or drugs or rock and roll or racism? It was sex. She was talking about mm-hmm. sexting the guy that she was fucking, and they're like, oops, I can't say that. But, you know, I, I sent him a sex that said, I just have to come so badly right now, and I accidentally sent it to my mom, and she said, Muran, when you coming? I must cook some food. It's hard, like, so a lot of her act depends on this impersonation of her mom, who has the, like, heavy Korean accent, and while it is hilarious, it also makes me kind of uncomfortable. Like, it's cool for her to do that accent, and for her to kind of laugh at her mom and, like, this cultural heritage kind of thing, like, but I think for me, I'm just laughing at how silly them Orientals sound when they talk. Are you? I mean, kind of. I mean, I feel like, like, but I feel like you're you're appreciating the jokes for their purpose. Like you understand what she is saying and it and why it is funny. Right. Right. I mean, but it is weird to sit in like a predominantly white audience because, as Adam Dunn's fond of pointing out, wits is pretty much the whitest thing you can do in Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be whites. They just some of the letters fell off. Exactly. The they uh, wits wits only. I keep getting shit for doing things that white people like, and I have to occasionally point out, like, I am a white guy. So, yeah. Uh, what, Like, what other things that white people like do you keep getting shit about doing? <laughs> well, like, you know, go down the stuff white people like list. Like, I own a Prius. I go to the farmer's market. I, uh, you know, I go see Wits. I like Prairie Home Companion. I listen to NPR. These are things okay. that apparently I mean, like, and I, I think that the criticism there is that I'm not opening myself up to a vast world of culture. But you know, I also listen to hip hop by African American artists, and you know, yeah, but only only the ones that white people like, like <laughs> Kanye West. Yeah, I learned that I can no longer say, yeah, I like rap. I, I like Kanye West because apparently that's what all the white people like. So. I'm just like I like Jurassic Five and Mega Ran and Open Mike Eagle. You know who's you know who's great is that Wayne Brady. That fella, I just feel safe around him. He's the bee's knees. He's the cat's pajamas. Michael Jordan seems like a good kid too. Yeah. <sighs> Gosh, I mean Carlton from Fresh Prince, great guy. To me, to me, those all those don't, and I mean, maybe this is just maybe this is just me not being able to see the culture that I'm in. But those seem like sort of, I don't know, effete modern liberal things rather than mm. white people. Things. I mean, it is true that your your wits audience is pretty white, and so it was it was Betty White, so it was a little weird. Just watching everybody crack up about like, oh, ho, ho, your Korean mother is so hilariously Asian. <clears throat> I made up a joke that I think might be racist, but I it wouldn't be racist if an Asian person told it. Oh, okay. So I need to find an Asian comedian to tell this joke for me. Uh, I worked for a while as a, as a beekeeper, uh, but my dad was really disappointed because he wanted me to be an A-keeper. I wouldn't say that's like a stellar joke. It's pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. It would work in a series of jokes about how your Asian dad wanted you to perform better in school. Yeah, like I told I told my dad that I was allergic to bees, and he said, "Good, good." Okay. Okay. I didn't do the offensive voice. Sure. Now they're never going to rebroadcast this podcast on NPR. Someday. 
Some sweet day. Yeah, some sweet day we will be the white people talking to other white people. Mm-hmm. We will be the outside of the echo chamber. I think a lot of people would argue that we are already the white people talking to other white people. Like almost all podcasts. In fact, we are the white, the nerdy white men talking to other nerdy white men. That is sort of what podcasts is. Yeah, Aisha Tyler has a podcast. Oh gosh! So is, that makes is it all it better. Called, is it called mm. the Token? See, that's that's the thing. Like, once you get that label on you, what can you do? Like, Wits had an episode where they had a black comedian and a black uh, hip hop artist perform. And yet it was still the whitest thing ever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was funny. Like, a lot of the humor from that show was just, like, the host not really knowing where the lines are about what's offensive and not. And they actually had a little segment where, like, okay, we're asking you to speak for all African-American people everywhere and tell me whether these things are racist. And the guy says, well, that was kind of racist. And then they went on, like, you know, if I relay scenes from The Wire to my my coworkers the day after it airs and I do the like the African American dialect, is that racist? Yeah, it was fun. There's a lot of humor to be had out of being uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean that's what we rely on, I think. Yeah, like whenever I write, I first fill up like a pillow full of gravel and put it on my chair and sit down so that I'll be uncomfortable. That doesn't seem like that would be that bad, actually. Well, it's not, because it's uh, hand-ground artisanal loam. <laughs> okay. So. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. I keep seeing, by the way, artisanal spelled, like, A-R-T-E, like, A-R-T-E-S-I-N-A-L, which seems like then you avoid the art-is-anal portion of it. Well, but you also, you also avoid it being, the last time I checked, artisanal was not in the dictionary. Uh-huh. Like, that's just a word that was created to sell things to hipsters? Eh, okay. I mean, it is it is now uh, an inflected form of artisan, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, it, I think it is undeniable that it is a word at this point. Sure. But I don't know that there is any agreed-upon meaning for it. So I don't know that I think it's a good word. Yeah, and you would, you would expect something that was made... Something that is artisanal to be made by someone who's really good at what they do and has been doing it for a long time and has taken exceptional care in producing that artifact so like your artisanally sharpened pencil is from a dude who spent like an hour like your artisanal shaven haircut you would expect that it would be from a trained guy with maybe a tattoo yeah of his trade of crossed crossed scissors beneath a barber pole and i think being hella expensive is part of the part of the definition but presumably because so much care is taken targeted specifically at whites right i don't know if you get like i don't know what do black people buy expensive hats rims that's the other thing like when chris rock is making jokes about black people is it racist to laugh along with them to be like oh yeah dude a lot of black people are super dumb and they just buy rims and they talk funny I think if you ask, like, say, Dave Chappelle if it is racist to laugh along with him when he is making those jokes, he would probably say yes. Right. And I think that most people would agree that he is crazy, but I don't know that that necessarily means that he's wrong. 
you know, yeah. it's possible that it's possible that you're Chris Rocks and 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 you're you're whoever else. I don't know. I only know the names of two black people, and they are the white friendly black people, as we've established. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, it is entirely possible that by some measure they are doing harm, right? And that Dave Chappelle is the is the like oversensitive social justice crusader who is obnoxious but correct like we don't know yeah i mean there's no and again when you start talking about it there's no way out of it like you could say people who are heckling him to do some of the classic bits that they like from him are the kind of the same as the people who heckled andy kaufman to keep recycling his greatest hits instead of doing something new and you know they weren't racist when they were doing it to andy kaufman but if they're if he feels like they're just kind of like dance monkey to him, then yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not racist when you demand, like you demand that Blue Oyster Cult play "Don't Fear the Reaper." Yeah, I mean, like right? dance, well, dance upsetting. for my pleasure, you're monkey is upsetting them. Is kind of what the whole yeah, entertainment job. thing like, is. Once you right. are an entertainer, that's your job. Like. I don't know. I just know that uh, instead of artisanal things, I'm only going to buy cortisonal things. Okay, those are... So is is cortisone, does that mean... Like, I feel like I only ever see it used with the implication that it is like a woman who sleeps her way to power. Is that what that word means? Or is is that just an insinuation that I like to imagine because I'm a skeevy perv you know Merriam Webster will say it's either a woman who has sex with rich or important men in exchange for money or a prostitute who has uh, like a wealthy client base I always figured it was like on the one hand you could refer to somebody like Anne Boleyn as a courtesan even though the, the like the money for sex transaction wasn't as transparent and then like as a euphemism for a prostitute, like fancy prostitute. All I know is that oh, I, really? I'm only going to eat cheeses and uh, get barbered by courtesans. Hmm. I I think initially when I saw the word, I just assumed that it meant a a woman who was a participant in a court. Yeah. But but then it seemed to. Ju- I mean, you know. I mean, I guess that's maybe that's how you got in there right because you weren't allowed to just hang out and be smart or witty or whatever if you were a woman you had to be fucking somebody to be let in the door I don't know <sighs> man no, ju- there's no justice in the world especially four or five hundred years ago <laughs> it's a good thing we've solved all of these issues now so we don't have to talk about them yeah exactly uh, so you went to wits yeah. What did you do when your wits ended? Well, when I was at wits end, I simply went home. Okay. Did you That's get in a nice hot bath? No. Are you a bath guy? I didn't light any candles and take a bath. I, You know what? I would take baths all the time if I had a giant bathtub. But being a giant dude who is really tall from the waist up is kind of... Any, That's the worst. Yeah, any bath that I take is going to hit me at, like, navel level and leave most of my body out of the bath and uncomfortably exposed. I can, in my bathtub at my house, which is a huge bathtub by most standards, but for me, it needs to be 
it, it needs to be the same amount of space with just a different configuration. It needs to be about a foot narrower and a foot longer uh, so for me to for me to really be able to use is it. Is it one of those like oval ones that's yeah. not particularly deep, but it's wide? Eh, it's deep enough, right? I mean, I can almost completely submerge myself if I fill the tub all the way to the point where it starts to go out that safety drain. Uh-huh. Right? And then I kind of cross my legs under the water and slide down. Right. Then I can, which and which I do because I like a bath. And then the water is pouring it. directly on your genitals, which is nice. Well, no, you. I mean, you turn the water off oh. because it would just be, you'd, you'd just be wasting water gotcha. at that point because you displace so much. And I had a lovely, giant clawfoot bathtub in the shithole I rented in Los Angeles, just because it was from the twenties and hadn't been updated since. Oh, right. And it, but it had the overflow, like, halfway down the wall of this, like, three-foot-deep bathtub. So I unscrewed the cover and jammed a rag in it, and then I could take an awesome bath. Yeah. Yeah, I tried that with my bathtub, but it uh, it, it was made in a way that if the cover was taken off of it, a lot of the water that came out of the uh, the rag, the cover was the only thing holding the pipe tight against the tub. Ooh. Right, so with the, the sticking a rag in there would have just made it so the water just poured down into the floor, which turned out to be a good. Uh, that was the way it was already set up. So, didn't you have trouble with that bathroom and no. things coming through it into no. the floor? No, you know, I, 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 well, I did with the shower, ah, not with okay. the bathtub. The shower just, I mean, and that was just from not taking care of the shower. My cousin came and he was like, "You need to regrout this shower, or it's going to ruin your floor." And then I was like, "Oh, okay." And then after he left, I was like, what did he say I need to do? It turned out to not have done any real damage. I, you know, I needed to replace the shower, but that was that was it. I didn't have to replace the entire garage or anything. Yeah, that's good. But if you had to replace the garage, you could have put, like, a giant bathtub in there. Oh, that's true. Just a huge bathtub instead of a garage. You know what I want is the, uh, like, if I would were to be getting into taking baths on the regular is there's a bathtub that is like it's a bathtub that sits the entire bathtub in a drain pan like a big shower would have and then it doesn't have an overflow valve so you can fill the thing to the very top and then any water that goes over the side just goes into this drain pan and drains so then you can mm-hmm. you can have your you can use your full bathtub the way that America should be yeah where you move around, you act, you go to scratch your balls, and it just displaces an arm's worth of water. Uh-huh. Also, it's an arm's worth classic tub. <laughs> Made by Joe Armsworth. Of the, that sounds like a tub man. The East Hampton right? Armsworths. Oh, this one's made by that tub girl <laughs> like so much. <laughs> you know, before there was tub girl, there was a girl who just, like, blogged from a bathtub and had adorable pictures of her in the bathtub, and she was tub girl. And the like the last time I went looking for that blog, I will never look for another blog again. It's just suddenly that was what Tub Girl was, and poor little Tub Girl the blogger was no more. Hmm. I still make people watch look at those pictures any chance that I get. I'm seeing a picture of a girl who is in a bathtub that appears to be filled with chocolate pudding. Huh. Uh, I'm seeing a tattoo of Tub Girl. Wow. You know, the tub girl that we all know and love. Uh, seeing some even grosser things. 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's just no way to find that old tub blogger. I'm sorry that also, you're... Also, I would feel... I would feel sleazy even looking at that. Yeah. How good could that blog be? I guess pretty good. Maybe. I mean, it has boobs in it. It's a great blog. Oh, like actual boobs? Mm-hmm. Oh, I assumed that she was tastefully covered up with suds or something. No. None of that nonsense. You should be proud of your body and show it off. All the time. Okay. <laughs> Especially if you're a girl with hot-ass tits. There you go. Ooh, look at the ass tits on her. Mm-hmm. Would those be just, like, pendulous boobs hanging off of somebody's ass, or would they be boobs up front that look really ass-like? Even more so than usual? Oh, huh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably both. <laughs> she both has hot-ass tits and hot-ass tits. Mm-hmm. Well, and hot, she has hot-ass ass tits and hot-ass tits. Tit- and hot-ass tits. Tits-ass. She's got two pairs of hot-ass tits. One hot-ass tits. One hot-ass ass tits. This is getting okay, confusing. Good. Jesus Christ. She's got an ass load of yeah, ass tits. Confusing is the word. Confusing is the problem with where that went. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, what do you feel about... What have you been up to? You got anything to share with the class? <sighs> Not really. Uh, I'm trying to... Like, I, I, I attempted to take some time off uh, after Thursday, but I don't know that I really succeeded. I, I dicked around. I went out I went out drinking on Saturday night and ended up hung over a lot of Sunday, which is a thing that I don't miss. Uh, I hadn't done it in a long time. And it made me sad. Uh... Yeah, no, nothing. I haven't. I didn't like watch any movies. I didn't go do anything interesting. I didn't do anything oh, except no. not work. You know, I played a really weird video game that Which one that, that bears playing. It was called uh, Luxuria Superba. Okay, and was mentioned on like it, it hit the critical mass for me. Like if something's mentioned on Reddit and like Kotaku and Metafilter and linked to, then I feel like I should check it out. So it's a game for the tablet, for a tablet, like Android and iOS, that involves... It's like you're presented with this white flower, and you kind of descend into this tunnel that, like, from the first-person perspective, kind of like a rail shooter, through this flower that's white. And there are little pink buds on the inside of the tunnel, and when you touch those buds a section of the flower turns red and your goal is to turn the whole flower red so this is like a first person Georgia O'Keeffe fucker exactly because your goal is to turn the whole flower red but there is also a timer that's counting down uh, like gold silver and bronze for how long you can go without turning the whole flower red and the more of the flower that is red at any given time, the higher your score multiplier is. So your goal is to, like, tease the flower without making the flower come until the, the like, little time things are filled. And while you're doing that, occasionally it flashes little bits of text on the screen, like, plow my garden, yes, like that. Uh, like, swim in my stream, Huh. And when you, when you finish, it says, yes, that was nice. That was magic. And you get a little heart. So it is like a, a flower fucking simulator. But it's also like, it's gorgeous. 
and I was I was enthralled by it for an hour, but felt slightly like I needed to shower at the end. But like I, right? Because you were covered with scenes. Exactly. I feel like everybody should look at it because it it's a thing that's in the shape of a game that's not quite a game. Like it's really pretty, but then it has this weird perv angle to it. But it's not explicit, you know. Like it, it's, it's a tunnel that you're putting color on, while the game urges you on. You know, as, as all tunnels. Right. You have to. You have to. In order to make it actually explicit, you have to like tape some porn to the wall behind the tablet. Yeah. If you would. If it was like a naked woman, and then you like zoom in into her vagina, and then that's the tunnel. Then you know that would be explicit. Sure. This is just to say. I have masturbated to the porn that was taped to your wall and that you were probably saving for breakfast. I'm sorry. It was so warm. <laughs> so explicit. <laughs> I don't know if it, if something were warm, if I would be touching it. If it was somebody mm, else's. The titties were so, were so hot ass. <laughs> this is just to say, I have gaped at the titties that were taped to your wall. Oh, William Carlos Williams. They were Williams. dangling from your hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, luxurious or but like it, it demands to be seen. I think. Yeah, was it? A, is it a? Is it a dollar? It is three dollars. Three dollars. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I will buy a three dollar. I will buy a three dollar video game. I wonder if it exists on the phone. Yeah, I would think so. It probably plays better on a tablet, and probably better on a new tablet. Like, the the higher the level is, the more surfaces there are for you to have to touch and so you end up with like five or six fingers on the thing at once and it kind of slows down on mine and chugs trying to keep track of all the all the touches Mm. but yeah if you want to spend an hour stroking your tablet pleasuring flowers it's weird that i i was mad at glitch for making me masturbate butterflies but uh if it's a yeah but you don't mind this you have the flower fucking sim is a-okay I saw that uh, I saw that Glitch just released into the public domain all of their art. That was pretty cool of them. Yeah, that was interesting. I um I always felt of Glitch's character designs that they were all pretty grotesque. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the uh, a lot of the scenery is really great. Yeah, it was a pretty game. It it's a weird position to be in, like. I admire that team and what they've done in the past and I think they're great people and like there's a lot of art that went into that game but I was absolutely not interested in it at all. Yeah. I tried. Turns out I would have been better off fucking some flowers. Yeah, you would have. So you want to get into this here thread? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just looking through the code because I was looking at... uh Weird. Huh. Um, somebody had asked in the... Linguini Lad asked in the new question-asking thing that I think I think I might be able to start using. Um, since I, I made a thing where I can link directly to it in a system message, and that seems to have made a lot more people click on it than when they had to actually find it in the community link, which nobody even knew about. It's good stuff. Anyway, he asked what the level 10 ability of the Undead Elbow Macaroni Pasta Guardian was before the revamp. Uh... The only thing that I could find when I looked just then was that at level 10, it gains the ability to set a variable to true 
uh, implying that it critted, uh, but it doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> um, so maybe that's why that never got uh, never got spaded. Uh, cool. Oh uh, yeah, we can look at the forum thread. What is this? Uh, oh, I see. Monday Thursday video game. It's like I want my MTV. What? Yeah, that's to transfer the questions to uh, Monday, Thursday, or video game. And also, uh, in in that uh, vein, once I realized that that said MTV, I changed it to say I want my, right. and then made it so every once in a while Mark Red will show up as Mark Knopfler <laughs> instead of Mark Red. Um, so that's a little inside joke that now we're sharing. Hmm. I guess now it's become an outside joke. Um, sure, so. Let's see... Hamfish says, uh, a couple weeks ago I asked a really stupid question regarding donations and the cost of hosting KOL. I'm totally aware that KOL completely supports several people. For some reason, this didn't enter my mind while typing the question, so sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, what I really wanted to know was about strategies if you began making less money. Would you add extra things to Mr. Store or to the KOL store? Do you have any backup plans already prepared? Yeah, I have no idea. You know, adding things to the KOL store would not help um, because that runs pretty close to breaking even. Um, Extra things to Mr. Store would be a real tricky line to walk, I think. Um, you know, because if we started doing the things that you do when you need more money, we would lose our credibility pretty quickly, I think, uh, which is the thing that gets us any money at all. So, yeah, really don't know. It's an excellent question. Also, while I'm here, hats off to you guys for finishing the class revamps. I'm happy with how they all look and play, and you should be proud of yourselves. No, thanks. Well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of I'm pretty proud of ourselves. Judging, Deus Ex Machina's, hmm? judging by some of the games that I've been playing, I think that what we should do is every day you get 30 turns, and then once those turns are up, you can wait 30 minutes to get another 30 turns, or you can pay... Pay $3. Well, no, or you can buy 200 meat, uh, meat bars, actually, for $3, and then you can pay 37 of them to get another 30 turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to continue to be an example of the right way to do free-to-play. Right. Um, I mean, like, so I'm playing this game called Juice Cubes, which is, like, because it was advertised on Angry Birds. And like, sure, whatever. And it's very Candy Crush-like in its, in its like, mm, merchant maraudership. But at the same time, like, it is a good game that is fun to play. You just have merchant to go... Maraud- merchant Maraudership? Merchant Maraudership. That's great. That is a great turn of phrase. Thank you. It was. I was looking for a word that there's a, a better word for it, but... Uh, like being mercenary? Yeah. <laughs> that was what I was looking for. Yeah. But mercenariness <laughs> is not really a word. Well, I like, would say like it's very mercenary and it's continued... Like, oh, you failed this level five times, you're out of lives. You can get more lives in half an hour, you'll get one, or you can get them all now, or... Yeah, but Merchant Maraudership is both, like, it's both an adjective phrase and also a rad spaceship that you really need to watch out for yeah. in this sector, because it's, it's, it's riddled with Merchant Maraudership's. I think that Han Solo, like, the Millennium Falcon is probably a Merchant Maraudership. He was more of a he like didn't ever really attack people hmm. that we know of, right? Or did he? I don't know. All I know are the movies. I haven't read any of your novels. Okay, yeah, I guess that's nice. You know, neither have I really. <laughs> and I mean, your novels in particular, the all of the fanfic that you wrote. 
Mm-hmm. Where Han Solo and Chewbacca switch bodies and then fuck each other. <laughs> what? Yeah, okay. I guess I could see the value in that. I was thinking, why bother? Well, yeah, because... I, like, oh, no. I would totally do that with somebody that I was already fucking. That would be rad. Yeah, because Chewbacca know. wants to know what it's like to have sex with another Wookiee, and Han Solo wants to know what it's like to have sex with another Harrison Ford. Another one. Additional Ford. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Deus Ex Machina says, Familiars get haiku. Can pasta thralls get limericks or maybe short anapest rhymes? I don't know. I don't think that I don't think that cute rhymes really fit the uh, this is my enslaved undead pasta spirit. Hmm. I don't like the word thrall for that, but I don't like any of the other words either. Yeah, there was a whole a whole discussion about that and we didn't really end up with anything. I don't mind buddy. I don't mind pasta buddy as what that is. That's all somebody comments on that later. Uh, but then buddy unit tactics doesn't work as a oblique pun <laughs> um, that nobody gets anyway what would you call what would you call that the, the like ability to um, you know send a guy in ahead of you it's sort of like meat shieldy I guess um, tactic like battlefield strategy buddy field buddy hack it strategy your buddy can hack it, so you can strategize. Your buddy hacker. Yeah. Nope. Gray Malkin says, Revamps have been excellent, especially the Turtle Tamers. Hearing you theorize about revamping the classes months ago and then seeing it come together is very cool. You have a beautiful mind, Jake. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I That reminds me. I need to get some more string to run between the various clippings that are taped with my own sputum to the walls of this tiny room. I have to believe that something extraordinary is possible, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've not actually seen A Beautiful Mind all the way through. <laughs> You're lucky. Well, I, what I did see, <coughs> I thought was pretty good. I, okay. I mean, is this one of those things like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where everybody is going to tell me that I'm an asshole for liking it? Oh, I like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So everybody except you is going to tell me that I'm an <laughs> asshole for liking it? I mean, A Beautiful Mind is... It takes that, like, borrowing from other movies and throwing them in your movie approach that like Independence Day did another favorite yeah I mean like Independence Day was was super fun but and applies it to the like Oscar bait movie which pisses me off because I feel like that dude's life is really interesting and I would like to know more about it and that movie was not about him at all it was just like a series of tropes that you could just apply to any biopic And the dialogue. Yeah. The dialogue. I mean, do you feel the same so way bad. about Forrest Gump? <laughs> do you feel like the, the movie kind did of. not do did not do service to the actual life of Forrest Gump? Yeah, I feel like Forrest Gump is a guy who didn't exist, and so the movie does him a disservice by existing. Hmm. Now, I liked Forrest Gump, but I always get in trouble with my mother-in-law for pointing out that the moral of Forrest Gump is do anything anyone tells you to do and everything will be fine as long as you don't think too much. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You can tell him to, uh, to run, he runs, anyway. Yeah. Gray Malkin continues, Related, do you ever worry about, haha, like you worry about things? Now, wait, so what's that supposed to mean? 
I'm, I am a worrier. Uh, content creep, that dedicating yourself to making more and more things like challenge paths, familiars, items of the month, etc., will eventually leave you with too much to do and not enough time or inspiration. Uh, what about balancing old things? Bandersnatch. I'm thinking, say, five years down the line when there are 30 challenge paths, 500 familiars, and 60 skills per class. Well, I mean, the skills, that thing is not going to happen. Um, the challenge paths are, you know, those are fairly spaced out. Uh, you know, I, like, if all we had to do was items of the month and challenge paths and, uh, you know, the content familiars, I, we would be fine. I mean, I feel like I could probably do that by myself if that's all I had to do. Um, the, the issue with, the issue is never not enough inspiration also. Like, there are always way more ideas than there is, not even time, but like the, the sort of juice required to implement them. Yeah, because you know? the, the inspiration is free. And the implementation is what costs you. Yep. Uh, Saul of Omnis says, So I love all the new stuff. I feel like I have a brand new game to play, which is awesome. Well, thank you. That is the goal. Mr. Skullhead, have you ever watched Once Upon a Time or Once Upon a Time in Wonderland? Based on what I've heard you say you like to watch, I think you'd enjoy them. We just started Once Upon a Time. and Is that a is that, that TV in. show where it's like people are partly in fairyland and partly in the real world? Yeah, like... <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm actually surprised it was successful because the premise is, is kind of out there and hard to explain briefly. Like, the fairy tale world exists and the evil queen put a spell on everybody so that it transported them all to this little town in New England and gave them all new identities and none of them remember who they were. And then this kid figures that out and is trying to break the spell and restore fairy tale land. But they do a, a decent job, at least in the first couple that we've seen, of balancing the, like, giving you backstory in fairy tale land and then tying that into what's happening in the little New England town. So, again, I think it's interesting. I plan on watching the rest of it. Yeah, I saw, I think Emily watched a couple episodes of it, and uh, I, I saw a little bit of it. I don't know. It seemed like. It seemed like a thing I probably would have liked when I was a kid. I don't know that. I don't know that I really need to like seek out new television shows that I ought to watch <laughs> at this point because there are so many already. Uh, Jick, have you ever watched Plinkett's reviews? I know you don't like to watch videos online, but I think you'd really enjoy this. And then links to the the review of the Phantom Menace. You know that is a thing. I will take an hour or two to watch one of that guy's things. Um, you you. I don't know. I don't know what your issue is. It's. I mean, you don't like his shtick, right? Yeah, if if every strong bad email were two hours long, I probably would never have gotten into Homestar Runner either. Yeah. It's like, I understand Like people tell me that he has some really interesting stuff to say about the movies, but I would never know because I can't stand listening to that voice for more than five minutes. Mm. See, I don't mind. I mean, I, like, I don't know that I love the shtick I don't know that I love the the sort of fictional premise of the reviewer himself but I don't mind it mm. and so I've actually watched some of those multiple times wow over the years yeah I don't know what it is that 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 escapes my and I mean I think I will watch a movie you know it is just like it is like the 15 minute video that I'm never gonna have time for right it, like I either have no time or a bunch of time always right because it's like if it's during the day and I'm should be working then 
I don't have any time and I'm not going to watch a movie during that period of time. And I'm also not going to watch a 15 minute video, but if it's at night, I have plenty of time. And if I'm going to watch a 15 minute video, I'd rather play video games for 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, deciding to watch that thing was like deciding to watch a movie. And I don't know, I've watched most of his long form reviews and I think that they're really good. Fair enough. Uh, so now that all the class revamps are done, what next? Which class are you happiest with? Seal Clubber. Um, let's see. Kapumka says, I need to tell you exactly what's wrong with the class revamps because you've obviously gone too insane to notice. <laughs> I think you're right. That's what an insane person does, right? Uh, yeah, all the time. When you're flipping out, is going... <laughs> Yeah, especially if you're an insane vampire, because then your yeah. your usual blah blah is like blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. Uh, when the Seal Clubber revamp hit, Northern Explosion seemed to establish a precedent of each class getting a mid-range skill attuned to their elemental affinity. The Disco Bandits, Disco Inferno, seemed to confirm that though it wasn't the right element, which was weird. But then all Turtle Tamers got was Spirit Snap, which only dealt spooky damage when you had the blessing of She Who Was. And Pastamancer and Saucer didn't even make an attempt at having a similar skill. This is literally the worst thing you've ever done. Also, Turtle Tamil's only stun is skill is Nibet, and does Saucer even have one? You're a monster. I'm going to stand here holding my breath until you apologize and fix the game so everything's perfect. I can't tell if this is a joke or not. Like, I feel like it has to be because all of these things that he's saying don't exist do. Almost to a man. Hmm. Uh, but, I mean, if you see one thing and it seems to you that it establishes a precedent... That is likely to spread across six things. Then I, that's your problem with overgeneralizing. Mm-hmm. I think that is everyone's problem with overgeneralizing. Uh, Lugzinder says, "Kudos to all the class revamps. Are there any class skills that came from the Traveling Trader or Crimbo 2009 that you wish you could have put into the revamps with different flavor text? Of course. Um, no. You know those things are all so available." Uh, Juntinki says of Kapumke's post that he realizes it's somewhat sarcastic, but part of the problem is that classes don't actually have a particular elemental affinity. And yeah, and then I've pointed out that there are six classes and five elements. And then somebody pointed out that accordion thieves are physical, but that is... No. Hmm. No. Also, sorcerers are hot and cold. So then now it's like six with five and one of the six takes up two. So now what are we, now what are we gonna do? You can't even give them all like pairs. You could give There's them, no like, good map. oranges. There's no... Yeah, you could. And Dredsylvania says, Urutzini, could you please program it so the particular non-coms don't show up when adventuring if you have that <coughs> non-com penciled? <sighs> hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know that that has... That occurred to me as a way of doing it. But I don't see a super compelling reason to do it. Uh, Lightwolf says, in the Class Act 2 thread, some people were wondering whether the classy monkey item from the Thinknerd Grimoire would make a return. Is that something you would consider re-enabling for this path? I don't think so. I had forgotten about it. Um, when you're designing the next item in the month, which typically has some path-friendly mechanic, have you given any thought to how you would design that so as not to disrupt or maybe even support the experimental purpose of this path, i.e. testing how intrinsic class combats play out now and seeing how the stat-slash-ml changes affect the game? Uh, I think you mean affect the game. <laughs> <laughs> Impact. What you mean is impact, because impact is a way of not knowing, uh, not having to know the difference between effect and affect. Yeah, and it drives me insane um, that that's become the standard also, thing to I say. why did I just do that? Why did I just correct somebody for using effect instead of effect? 
I'm a real asshole first thing in the morning, Mr. Skullhead. I'm a mean sober. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, <sighs> you know, the next item of the month we already we had lined up. I mean, I guess we knew what the challenge path was going to be, but it's it's not. it doesn't really have anything to do with uh, explicitly supporting the path. I don't know that we really need to... With Trendy, it was sort of easy because we just introduced some basic functionality that had gone out of gone out of the Trendy window. But for the boring paths, I mean, and we also we also tend to do okay in December, no matter what, just because a lot of people come back and a lot of people are wanting to wanting to spend some meat. So even unpopular items of the month in December tend to be fine for us. Um, yeah, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. Uh, Melon says, clearly cute needs to be officially added to the game, or perhaps the sixth element is physical. Cute does not need to be added to... Ugh, man. I, and I know it's lame. It's lame to be frustrated with people's reaction to that. Huh. You know? But the thing that bothers me about it, the thing that bothers me about people saying stuff about cute is that nobody says that about shadow or bad spelling. Hmm. Right, which are presented in exactly the same way as elements are. I guess nothing gives you shadow resistance or bad spelling resistance. Yeah, but so. I mean, the the cute is presented in this context of <clears throat> there are six elements in the kingdom and the sixth one is cute. Yeah. And, like, from our side, we know that's just a joke about the fifth element because I didn't want to just say the fifth element. So we just made up another one. But, yeah, people insisting on taking that seriously. Yeah. I think I the never, sixth element is love, and it has been inside you this whole time, Melon. Hmm. Uh, now for a radio question. Is the Sauce Maven skill a deliberate attempt to try and bring reagent pasta back to being competitive as one of the best foodstuffs, or was it primarily more of a flavorful skill like pizza lover? I'm not sure if reagent pasta needed to be even stronger in an ascension context. This isn't a complaint in case it comes across as such. You know, I don't know. I am not entirely sure what... Uh, in fact, what I am going to do is I am going to put this on... Uh, the you know this is a handy thing actually I am going to use the ask a podcast question form to shunt this over to the Thursday show so that we can ask hot stuff who is the one who decided what that skill was going to do also thanks to the candy blast nerf I've uh, dropped the real time uh, requirement of my mimic farming to about one third of what it used to be so thanks it's no longer quite so ridiculous yeah yeah um, that was kind of silent Arbor Day says, regarding the piece from last show where you talked about chests and dollar-priced keys and totally not even get in, getting into if they will ever be in the game or anything, do you think that if you made an item like that for any game at all, that you would be open with the community about what the loot table and chances per item were with hard data, or just give a really vague idea? I mean, the way that my mind works when I pick numbers for things, if I gave you a vague idea, you would just know what it was, hmm. because I just do everything in multiples of five. Um, I don't know that I would keep it. I would keep it secret if I felt like it was more fun as a secret. You know, I don't know that I would, I would conceal information about the game for any nefarious purpose ever. Uh, I'm curious as to what determined which data gets shared transparently with the players and which is kept secret and why. Are there any examples from the past you can talk briefly about in regards to a design choice that you may have had to deal with in the past and you've later regretted making the choice to share the information after the fact? No, not really. I mean, the things that, you know, like I wish that the queue, the old queue hadn't been figure outable, but there's just no way. I mean, people, people gather too much data and people are too shrewd and they will figure, figure stuff out, you know, 
there's stuff that I would like to do to improve the experience of, of new players that I can't do because of the way that experienced players would start to take advantage of it in ways that weren't fun. And that's like a weird, that's a weird premise. That's a weird principle where it's like, all right, in order to make this fun for people who don't know what they're doing, I have made it very unfun for people who do know what they're doing because they feel like they have to do this thing because of some advantage that it conveys. And like, that sucks because none of us are that kind of person. I mean, I guess maybe hot stuff is a little bit, but none of us are the kind of person that will do something that we don't enjoy for some external benefit. I mean, I guess we've all had jobs, so that's not true, but not in a video game. And so it's like, well, fuck why? Like this sucks that because of these people that we don't understand their motivations, we can't do this nice thing for people that we do understand their motivations. And that's, that is a really weird creative space to be in that I think you're only ever going to be in with video games. Um, yeah. Wax says, thanks for not nerfing Cantaloni Cocoon. I thought you would and you didn't and that's just really nice, so thanks. Yeah, I was going to, but then I got talked out of it. It is broken. It's, it's lame that this thing that I made 10 years ago just trivializes one of the resources in the game, right? Like, the conversion rate of MP to HP is effectively infinite. And so, nothing interesting can be done with HP. The one thing that I... So I was going to cap it out at 100 healing for, for 20, and then put somewhere like a 50 MP or 100 MP skill that was a full heal. Um, which... The thing is, from an experiential perspective, would have been fine for people, but it would have upset a bunch of people, and so it wouldn't have mattered that it was fine, right? It, the only thing about it would have been that it was unpopular. So then I thought, well, I'd cap it at a thousand, but I don't really care at that level. Eh, so I just decided not to do anything. I wasn't really paying any attention, uh, he continues. Can other classes summon the Postamancer thralls? You get sort of like a, like a shitty version of them uh, well narratively they're, they're shitty versions of the things effects wise I mean they're just a bunch of there's just a bunch of little minor self buffs that are extremely expensive because those skills are extremely expensive uh, this is are Stephen King's works really that good I sort of want to pick some up but only if they're worth tracking down I don't know that you have to track down Stephen King books I feel like they're they're everywhere all of the time like the things that Radiohead is allowed. What would you recommend if you were recommending somebody to get into Stephen King, Mr. Skullhead? Uh, Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery or Misery? Huh. Really? Yeah, like short, snappy, heavy on the horror, light on the cosmic stuff. Okay. I mean, if it were somebody who said, I really enjoy reading fantasy epics, I would say check out the the Dark Tower series. I think Firestarter is probably my favorite like traditional old school hmm. Stephen King book. It's got it's got that scope thing that he does really well, you know, hmm. the like secret thing going on, except it's like conspiracy theory rather than like, you know, cosmic spider gonna eat you. I or, think the talisman or, is also really good and standalone. Yeah, it is. I know, like it later it kind of retcons into Dark Tower stuff, but as a standalone book, it's pretty tight. 
And he says, does playing Minecraft with a child qualify as familial interaction? I have to imagine that it does. Oh, yeah. When you play video games with your kid, you're spending time with your kid, right? Yeah, I mean, I, and I do. Nobody would and say that great. playing catch doesn't count as spending time with your kid. Yeah, and I like to play catch with uh, my kid using my tablet as the ball. Hmm. Good, playing that game where you have to throw your tablet as, as hard as you can. And you get points for breaking it on a kid's face. And it yeah. can tell. Yeah, it's a weird app, but, you know, it was worth a couple bucks. Did you ever, uh, let's, let's get into some, uh, some, some sappy Field of Dreams territory here. Did you ever play catch with your dad? Was that a thing that you guys did? It would probably make my dad sad for me to hear me say this, but I don't remember ever playing catch with him. Mm. But I feel like we must have, because like, I was in t-ball for a while, and in Little League... Like, did you have a baseball glove as, like, say, yeah. a 12-year-old? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you must have. When I was, I think, from 9 or 10 on, and because I had to have a lefty glove, because none of the gloves that the team had would fit me. Mm. Yeah, I played a lot of catch with my dad, and I find it weird, the idea of, like, carrying that on, because, like, I would, you know, I guess I'd go buy a baseball glove and a baseball, but that's all it would be for. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know that I would want... I mean, I guess it's, it'd be up to my kid whether he wanted to play baseball or not. Or, or she, you know, she. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have to kind of balance out the stuff that I'm not really enthusiastic about. Like, <clears throat> try out the basket, the baseball and the basketball and soccer, just playing around with him. And if he likes any of them, then he can be on the team. Even though, like... I don't give a shit if he doesn't play sports, but it seems like he ought to if if he wants to. So, yeah. If he if he ends up being enthusiastic about football, I'm just going to have to hand him over to Dunn for a couple of years, I think. Oh, yeah. It's like, here, raise my child in the ways of being one of the football mans. <laughs> Surrogate butch father. Hmm. Do you think surrogate butch farter or merchant butch farter? <laughs> merchant butch farter, yes. Merchant butch farter. Yeah, that's not what I meant to say at all. Watch no, out, there's bush farters in here. <laughs> uh, RNG, he ate me, wrote a question that, I'm, that I, uh, I'm going to shunt out to the Thursday show. Jericho says, in the new class act, how do you think the stat changes will impact stat gain familiars? Do you think they'll be used more because players will spend more time in combat or less because additional stats are smaller proportionally? Are you waiting for the data to roll in? I'm kind of waiting for the data to roll in. Um... You know, I don't want to, I don't want to keep piling changes on changes because it gets harder and harder to isolate the effects of any one thing if you keep scrambling around messing with stuff. So I am, I am reluctant to do a lot of the things that people are saying are obviously the right thing to do before the challenge path moves any further, uh, because you know, a thing about an experiment is that you got to let it run. Uh, the Amazing Mr. Toothpaste says, Conctatitis and temporary amnesia are both pretty not fun. Temporary amnesia isn't that bad when you're muscle or moxie class, because at least you can still attack with your weapon and have a decent chance of succeeding. But when you're in mist class, not being able to use any skills is devastating. Well, cure it. You know, you can, uh, actually, I, I think I have to tell people to use Disco Power Nap to, uh, cure, uh, conctatitis, but I think you can't. Yeah. No, conctatitis you can. Temporary amnesia you can't. Um. So, I mean, you know, there's a way around it for conctatitis. 
Uh, Blue Scream says, I've been pretty excited to find out what the sauce toy was for the last few weeks. We've been hearing hints about it for over a year and all, but on the Thursday show, it was revealed that it wasn't used. So what's the deal? Did Soul Sauce end up testing better? Did it end up not being as fun in testing? Were you worried about making saucers too cool? Will we ever see the toy as an item of the month or traveling trader content? You know, it could it could go somewhere. It's not... We didn't really test uh, the toy because there wasn't there wasn't time, right? Like... We sp- I spent more time. It was like a it was like a measure twice, cut once kind of thing with the mist class stuff. And the soul sauce ended up just being it. There were a bunch of different ways that we were thinking about approaching it. We were thinking like, well, what if sorcerers could use soul sauce in lieu of mana to cast spells? But then I, I felt that it would be it would be annoying to people under certain circumstances if they had soul sauce but not enough to cast a thing, but they did have enough mana to cast it, and it wasn't allowing them to use mana the way that they could if they were off class. Like, I felt I felt like that was the thing that wouldn't actually be a big deal, but it would be a thing that people would whine about because it would, like, one out of every million turns conceivably inconvenience some theoretical person. Um, but then I ended up coming up with enough things for sorcerers to do that the soul skills could just be external, uh, which also just makes them make a lot more sense presentationally. Um, but that was mostly that was the the saucer one. There, there were a lot of different ways to go with it. The the sauce to, the way the sauce toy thing worked would have been it would have been great if that's always the way that saucerers had worked. Um, but oh shit, I gotta turn this volume down. Sorry, I did not realize that my computer was all about making noise. Hmm. Um, it. It would have required almost all of the sorcerer skills to go away in order to really fully integrate that into the way that they worked. Um, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll probably show it to people at some point. This is basically just like a spell customization thing. Um, Cheese Cookie says, Please tell me that you considered calling the War Snapper a War Turtle. I loves me some War Turtle. Aside from that, I'm quite chuffed about all the revamps. Yay! Well, good. I don't, I don't like... Uh, well, it's not that I don't like Pokemon. It's that I don't understand Pokemon, and I'm not... I never got into Pokemon, and I don't care about any of the Pokemons, so I'm probably not... Like, if you ever see a joke about Pokemon... It's I, probably Riff. If I'm wrong, it's probably Riff. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always pleased when anybody is chuffed about anything, though, because I think that's a word that needs to jump the pond and be popular for everybody. Yeah, I feel like you could be chuffed about just having, uh, having you know, snogged a sexy bird. Yeah. yeah. It's better when with the accent, because it needs to be, like, chuffed. You know? What accent is that? Like, liver, liverpudlian. Mm-mm. Uh, Green and 72 says, with the advent of even more customizable items, folder holder, sticker sword, fossilized necklace, etc., are there any plans to make these work with the inventory sorting? Because it's technically feasible. I don't actually know how the inventory sorting works. Um... I think in some cases it's probably technically feasible, but every time we do one of those, we do it in some different way. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, I th- I think. Mm, no, I was trying to think. I, like the sword, the procedurally generated sword is kind of integrated at a deeper level than the rest of the the things that work like that are and I think though that it is the one that is the least easy to sort by um 
Although I guess from a certain point of view, from a certain point of view, it's more shallowly implemented. Huh. This would be a good thing to talk to CD Moyer about. Cheese Cookie says, I suspect this has been proposed before, but the PvP mini, most fights lost. Discuss, please, or just trash the idea or something. I'm not qualified to talk about PvP minis, man. I'm qualified to trash the idea. That's a stupid fucking idea, and you should feel bad for posting it. Yeah, dummy. Mask says, great job on the revamps. Was it intended to make Curse of Weakness a muscle skill and therefore allow Nano Rhino banishes and Saucerer Class Act 2? I think for a moment there, uh, the Nano Rhino, it wasn't that Curse of Weakness was a muscle skill, it's that the Nano Rhino had mixed up spell and muscle skill triggers, and so all spells were doing muscle stuff with him, and all muscle skills were doing spell stuff with him. Um, but that was fixed. Because that it used to be that those were just these hard-coded lists of things, which is why when we made new skills, they, they didn't have it. But now skills have a, sort of a tags field that we can give them various properties with that gets rid of a lot of bullshit hard coding in the skill script, which is going to be almost completely gone soon, which makes me super fucking happy. Um, and we just, we, we put in tags on everything that will cause like the juju mask and all of the stuff that used to be checking those same hard coded arrays in the code will, will now just, they'll be easier. They won't be any easier to remember to, to tag, uh, but it will be much easier to to tag once somebody is reminded. Like, it's a thing that any of us can do now, uh, as opposed to something that only me or Chris could do. Uh, Ethereal Oblivion says, will it be a world event surrounding the refunder, or will it just be a doohickey that appears in the town square or something? You know, I'm leaning towards a doohickey that appears in the account menu, like, just as a link, because I, like, I am so grossed out by everything I know is going to happen with this stupid refunder now, 99% of which is going to be completely counter to the point of it existing that I don't want to even spend a minute making art for it because fuck this thing. Uh, that's that's lame and I'm wrong to feel that way uh, but it is nevertheless how I feel. So I think it will probably just show up in the account menu. Maybe today. Uh, Luxander says, now that Bind Spell a spaghetti, uh, spaghetti Elemental has become a permable skill from the Nemesis Quest, is there any plan to expand on this to give each other class a permable skill from the Nemesis Quest? No. I mean, if everything was super symmetrical across all the classes, then there wouldn't be a point of having different ones? Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. The Forum Kebabka says, will we be getting Dune Out Open until Crimbo boxes again this year? If we are, I'd love them as soon as possible to get a head start on sending out my Crimbo gifts. Yeah, we could... Let me do that now, actually. Let's see. Where is that? Town gift shop? No. No, I'm going to grab DNOTC. That is in ooh, town send gift. Sorry about the, all the typing. DNOTC equals a taru. Push town send gift. All right. Do not open until crumbo boxes are now available. Uh, and I'm going to trivial announce that. Do not open till Crimbo boxes are now available. Happy pre-Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, good. You heard it here first, folks. Actually, you saw it happen first. Uh, I Eat Food says, hey, I like different areas for different things. Well, me too. 
You know, I knew we had a lot in common. I eat food. Uh, why aren't the figures of seals in their own area? They are a thing, and I wanted it in its own thing, but not in my custom folder that I made just for them. How about some new seals, too? Uh, that's going to that's gonna change soon. I have a plan for that. Yo, 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 guys, says Chilled. Any thoughts on con dates yet, or at least any dates for when you'll have some dates? I need to start motivating Brits to start buying their plane tickets. Now, next year's con plans are super up in the air still, um, and I don't have a sense of when we're going to figure it out. I think, I think that we are going... We're we're considering a change of venue, uh, in a in a much more serious way than we had been in the past, and it's just it's a thing that we just gotta all yell at each other about for a long time before we hmm. figure it out. And I'm sorry, I just don't know when that's gonna happen. Also, why pronunciation differences between herb and herb and basil and basil? It's impossible to get any cooking done in my Anglo-American household when we're constantly arguing about where that H went. Is it bait? Is it ba- basil? <laughs> Like I feel like basil is a guy named basil, and yeah. basil is the herb. I mean, I think herb came from French for grass, and it's pronounced herb in French. But British people are famous for not giving a shit how people pronounce the words that are in their native language, so they're like, well, it's spelled herb, so we'll call it herb. Yeah, do they, they don't, they don't, uh, I feel like we are also, we are, the way that we treat loan words is pretty variable, right? Oh, sure. I mean, we have a tornado, we have, uh, Florida. The Lafayette, yeah, the city of Lafayette in Georgia is called Lafitte. Huh. But spelled Lafayette. Mm, I mean, we have Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky, but Louisville, Illinois. Mm. I mean, we have Louisville, Illinois. I mean, because that's where I grew up. I I have it, and I guess there's like 800 other people who also have it, right? Including my, many of my, I was gonna say many of my grandparents, but I only have one grandparent. Uh, so most of my grandparents. Let's now, you probably started with four. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey. Don't be, don't be atomic familiocentric. Oh yeah, right. Sorry for being heteronormative. Uh, is it heteronormative? I mean, every. I feel like I should make a T-shirt that says "Sorry for being heteronormative." Mm-hmm. And Sorry. just wear it all the time. Sorry for party oppressing. Uh, Harumph says, are there any new revamps coming in soon for the quest? I know that you've said before that you'd revamp the Palindrome and the Pirates along with other things, but it'd be nice to know if you have an estimated time frame currently for the next one. Will it be in a month or something, or will it be during the start of the next challenge path? Probably neither. Um, I imagine that I am going to be pretty busy with Crimbo and uh, content familiars until the yeah. end of the year. Um, but who knows? You know, it's like I might, I might get caught up and feel the need to sow some wild oats in another place and it's also possible that the palindome revamp is going to be a thing that takes like two hours instead of a thing that takes a week um because that's you know that stuff is more or less okay i would like for the quest to be a little saner uh sir ham says will the traveling trader ever make a reappearance every time somebody asks it gets pushed back by four years also, this question has been on my mind for a while. Will the bounty hunter hunter stay the same permanently, or if a change was made to this system, will the loot stay the same? I'm just worried that I'll get halfway through to my manual of transcendent and old-faction, and then poof, things change and I get screwed. Well, if things change, you will just get more stuff instead of getting screwed. If anything does, 
change. Diabolicosis, can we get an ETA on the arrival of Ungermery and his Unpermery? I'm pretty excited about the prospect of cashing in some of these skills that shifted under my feet and some of the other skills that I permed early in my KOL career and I don't even know what I was thinking for some of the new hotness going around over here. Yeah, it's probably today. Uh, WVO Quine says, let's say that you actually had to design a path for pigs. What would that path be? It would be a path to the bacon grinder. Mm-hmm. Pigs are delicious. I don't know. P- avatar of a pig. Yeah, it would be the Clancy path. <clears throat> he didn't really have a lot of, like, poor... He didn't really have a lot of abilities, right? Like, he, he was more like a passive... A passive All pig. Right. What, what, like, if we had a guy who was, like, a pig guy, what, what skills would he have? He could smell stuff. He could, he eat, could root like, for truffles. He could eat anything. Yeah, he could root for truffles. He could char- charge. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have a tusk. He, he would, uh, he could have a passive skill called Tuscan, T-U-S-K-I-N apostrophe raider, uh. Uh, which would improve his tusk abilities. He would have gore, a uh, gore vidal, <laughs> uh, which would be a way to tear somebody open and make it so shampoo comes out of them. <laughs> the gore Vidal says. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, hmm. Let's see. Snort. Uh, you, um, you could use your curly tail as a spring to increase your initiative. Hmm. You, you could get a sunburn. Okay. That's a thing that pigs can do. You I mean, we can a, do that too, but whatever. You can make a silk purse out of your ear. Mm, that's true. And you could do a pig poke. That could be one of your starting combat skills. Um, you pearl, pearls. You could come after pearls. Like pearls before swine, never sicker. Swine before pearls. Um. Mr. Nee says, Mr. Scullet, on the recent Thursday shows, there's been a debate between Jake and Hot Stuff over if the following constitutes a single sentence or multiple ones. And then, now what I, so what I say is, I introduce the Thursday show and I say, welcome to the Thursday show with me, your host, Jake. And then Riff says, and me, Riff. And then Hot Stuff says, and I'm Hot Stuff. And I feel that that is an abortion. <laughs> that it either needs to be, I'm Jake, I'm Riff, I'm Hot Stuff, or me, Jake, me, Riff, and me, Hot Stuff. As an English major, is that above a single sentence or not, and does it matter if there is a pause between each comment? Well, hi, I'm Jake, I'm Riff, and I'm Hot Stuff is a single sentence, that, but it has to have semicolons in it. <clears throat> does it? I thought semicolons were... No, like the traditional use of a semicolon is if your clause is, an ent- is a complete sentence. If you're linking two complete sentences, you've got to use it. And I am Jake and I am Riff are both complete sentences. Huh. I'm using Audacity. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm like at an hour 19. Yeah. I won't. Hmm. Hey, you know, a funny story. I was talking about problems with our recording, and uh, my laptop fell asleep in a way that stopped my end of the recording. I think we only lost a few seconds, though. Uh, All right. It feels let's like, start, like let's start over with Adam Arco. Yeah. Adam Arco says maybe it's just me, but there seems to be something off about the Monday podcast. I believe it comes down to a combination of three possibilities, and then he writes a bunch of stuff, which is basically what happens is that whenever Mister Skullhead sends me his end of the audio, it is it is about a second per hour longer than my audio, and so it is really noticeable at the end when you go out on your thing and I start mine in the middle of your sentence even Mm. though that is not what happened and I just have to pick a spot 
somewhere to scoot myself over by one second, which is not a solution, right? Like what I need to do is spread out all of my silences by the same amount, but that's just not a thing you can do. I will switch to Reaper for the next one, and we'll see if that works better than Audacity is. Okay. I mean, it will at least probably be doing the same thing that Reaper is on my end. Right. I, you know, I don't, I don't know that we can figure out whose problem or what problem this is, right? It, you know, like, I, listening to the last one, it feels like a lot of, t- a lot of the time I'll let something that you say just kind of hang for a long time. And, like, some of the time I'm, like, deliberately doing that to be funny, but some of the time, like, maybe I just genuinely don't have a response. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, I think some of it is, like, you didn't actually leave me hanging that long. Yeah. It's just that it sounds like it, because that delay just, ha- it, you know, it's just there. Like, it's gotta, it's gotta come out somewhere. Um, yeah. Then he says... Would guess it's number three, but I'm waiting on the recording to be posted here for myself, says Ethereal Oblivion. Yeah, well, that's cool. Uh, all right, I'm going to lock this thread, and then we can spend a little bit of time going through them questions on that there new questions thing. Uh, the Slick Blaster. <laughs> that's a good name. Why am I so drunk that fast? I could have sworn that I had a higher tolerance for alcohol. I just got my ass beat by a box of pasta. So embarrassing. Did you ever get so drunk that you couldn't make macaroni and cheese? Like, you open... You open the box, and then you just realize that you've opened the bottom of it, and all the macaroni, the dried macaroni, falls onto your kitchen floor. Then you slip on it, hit your head on the toilet, <laughs> and uh, then you've gotten your ass beat by a box of pasta. And then you realize that you were trying to make the macaroni and cheese in the bathroom. Yep. And that was your problem all along. Josh the Saucerer Man says, Let's say you've been cursed by an old gypsy woman for getting drunk and passing out on her lawn. Which one would you say is a worse curse? Unending polka music playing that only you can hear, or the same but mariachi? Probably polka. You think polka's worse? Yeah, I could. Th- I could listen to some mariachi for a long time. I'm, you know, it depends. Like, do, is it is it like mariachi music, like a group of mariachis would play, or is it like ranchero music, like a Mexican radio station? I can hang with it either way. Can you? Yeah. Mm. I like. I like a, for I like for my Korea. mariachis to to play a little bit more mournful stuff. You know, mm. like I want some I want some sad songs in there. And ranchero music all sounds the same to me in a way that, like, music played by live mariachis doesn't. And I guess polka kind of all sounds the same to me. I think it's because I'm a racist. Any music played with an accordion sounds the same to you? Mm-hmm. Storm says, I'm going to get killed for this, but can you make a demonic My Little Pony invasion? It should have a new familiar. A shoulder dragon would be fine. Is a shoulder dragon a thing in My Little Pony? Eh, there's a dragon in My Little Pony, yeah. That's one of the pony's pets. I don't think that I want to engage that particular property. Hmm. Um, I mean, you have seen it and have said that it is not stupid, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine and pleasant to watch, and it has an occasional, like, clever thing, clever nod to the 20-somethings that are watching it, but... I don't see why we are so excited about it. No. But like like anything else that a bunch of internet people like, I'll throw in a reference or two when I'm writing stuff, but I don't think I would make an entire thing out of it. Oh, you know, I figured out why my laptop went to sleep. It is because I forgot to plug it in. Who? Give me five seconds here. One. Two. Two. 
Hey, it only took two seconds. <coughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to mark that Knopfler. Snape says, any plans for tidying up infernal seals and turtle taming now that pasta ghosts have been made clean, simple, and awesome? If so, it is nuking the hermetic seal factor into them because he sucks. 2.5 internal infernal seal summons per day is just annoying, and Fury could just as easily be used to imbue candles. I don't, I think I might get rid of the whole <coughs> summoning thing and just make that work in a slightly different way. Um, that I am pretty happy with, and it would be, it would become a lot bigger deal for seal clubbers, uh, which I think is good. I think that's what people want. Um, yeah, and then I haven't thought much. I have thought about some additional stuff that turtle taming could do, but I I honestly don't remember how it works uh, mechanically, and I haven't looked. You know, I wouldn't have remembered how the seals worked mechanically. It when those were made, it was kind of a different time in terms of, I guess, the sort of ballsiness with which I would approach mechanical additions, right? It was like less enough time had passed since NS13 that I was still like, ah, don't want to fuck up the game. Um, Psycho says, what strategies are you guys working on to bring newer players into the kingdom? What kinds of numbers are we getting with regards to new players lately? You know, they're slightly up. The, the new account numbers are on the rise again, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it peaked and stayed there for a really long time, like a lot of years, and then it slowly sank down and then stayed where it's been for a lot of years. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're going to make some... I'm going to streamline the account creation process by quite a bit uh, before long. That's honestly a thing. Like, I don't know how much more of Chris I need for Krimbo, and I don't know how much of him I'm going to need for the for the content familiar either, so I might just have him keep doing stuff like that familiar equipment thing. Just maybe rearranging display case shelves. That'll that'll make new players happy because they give a mm. fuck. Getting what kind that, of strategies are we working on? Basically no strategies. Yeah, getting that mobile yep. site out would be so dope because I've taken to running more turns now that I can run them on the phone. Yeah. The, the, there's a problem with this, I think, fundamentally. And that is the the mobile interface that I am going to be happy with is very much not the mobile interface that like experienced serious KOL players are going to be happy with. Sure. Like I want a mobile interface that is a dramatic simplification, and people who play a shitload want a mobile interface that is fucking complicated and ugly and does everything that they want easily, right? And so yeah. there's gonna have to be there's gonna have to be like either a reckoning or a schism um which really that's true of everything right everything resolves in either a reckoning or a schism i mean the any kind of mobile interface is better than none right even for people who want it to be something else yeah no certainly that um, yeah, i, yeah, I guess there are people who will be like well this is not any better than not having one but then you know fuck those guys you know it's weird when I was in when I was in uh, Phoenix in September, a lot of what I did was and you people noticed this if they were looking a lot at the URLs in their status bar, but otherwise you know it was not a thing that made a whole lot of difference. Was moving everything over to using Place.php, which makes it a million times easier to fold that into a mobile interface, right? right. Because you can just set a variable and everything that is in place.php just becomes a set of text links um, 
every every clickable thing is just labeled with its with a with a text link that is whatever its mouse over would be. So it's like a way for a robot to play the game. Um, there are not a lot of places left that don't use one of the standard scripts. There are a few, um, and it, like I saved the kind of hardest ones for last generally. Mm. But that's another thing that I can also just have Chris do, and that you know, so it, things are moving in that direction, and I, I understand that it is the thing that we should do. Uh, Transplanted Netwife says, Hey, I'm really enjoying the revamps. Thanks for all the hard work, but I have a question regarding Ent Cider. Go figure, huh? Might it be added to the heap, please? I am a collector. Once again, go figure. And I'd love to see a source of it via the game now that it is unattainable from the shore. Thank you for your time and consideration. Transplanted Netwife. Yeah, that's uh, something that I intended to do when it was uh, when it was brought up on the Thursday show is make that a list that Hot Stuff can edit, um, which won't be hard. I just have to do it. Um, so that he can just manage stuff like that. Uh, it, he can edit it now, I guess. Actually, maybe maybe that's just in a choice adventure somewhere now. I don't know. I'll have to figure out where that is. Um, but yeah, all of the all of the stuff that were, was removed from the shore. I mean, it was largely removed. It was like, well, there are a fucking a billion of these in the mall at min price. I don't think it's going to be a big deal to make it so you can't get them anymore. And I kind of think it's interesting for there to be things that are left over that you're like, oh, where did this come from? Oh, that's weird. This used to be really common and now it's not. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's a cool story, especially when it's something like, and no, you know, no offense, transplanted ant wife, but that item is a fairly meaningless item. You know, it doesn't do anything that a that literally a thousand other items don't do. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Um, but yes, yes, that everything, everything that went away in the shore revamp will, uh, will show up and, uh, you know, there's probably some other stuff that went away in some other revamp. There was a good list on that last, uh, radio thread that I should track down of like four or five things. Okay. Uh, man, I, uh, I am a guy who is experiencing that thing that coffee does to you. You know, it makes you alert, ready to face your day. All right. I know what you're ready to face. You should probably actually turn around. Yeah, I probably should. But uh, uh, yeah, that's also the end of the question. So uh, we will see you on the Thursday show. I will. I will see you on the Thursday show. And until then, and I will see you on Horror Show Hot Dog. Available at horrorshowhotdog.com. I don't know that that felt awkward. I was going to see if I could like do a here's the other stuff we're doing thing, but nah, I don't, I don't know if that plays. Also, check out our new real estate company in Australia. Right. Available our at familyhotdog.com. <laughs> Uh, yep, thanks for tuning in. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm leaving. I'm Jack, and I'm already gone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah.